It's Midwife Christine with the Birth Exchange Podcast, where we are sharing relatable information about childbirth journeys and beyond. I am here with two lovely ladies that we need in our lives, okay? Crystal Jerome and Hannah Murphy. This segment is about motherhood and mental health, okay? So we are going to get into the trenches here, okay? We don't talk a lot about mental health and the need for therapy when we are having babies and trying to navigate through motherhood. So we're having this conversation today, okay? Crystal? Yes. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. Tell the people who you are and what you do. Yes, so I'm Crystal. Uh, I am a solo practice owner here in the state of Georgia. Also licensed in South Carolina, so I see clients virtually in both states. Um, I'm in the perinatal maternal mental health space. So uh, within my practice, I mostly see grief and loss. So miscarriage, biochemicals, stillbirth, mm. uh, birth trauma, fertility issues. Um, and then I see a ton of pregnancy and postpartum anxiety. Um, in addition to those services, um, I also offer prenatal, postnatal, mommy and me yoga, doula services, and lactation. Well, so, come on. I know. Girl, you busy. Just trying to help the community. Oh. Yes. I didn't know all the things. Yes. So I'm glad you're here. Yes. Thank Thanks you for, for joining us. Yes. Hannah Boo. Hello. Hey. Hi. Tell the people who you are. Yes. Um, I'm Hannah Murfit. I own the Supported Mama with my sister-in-law. And we started out as doulas. I was the birth doula. She was the postpartum doula. Um, and then I decided to open up a private practice um, under the Supported Mama. So I'm also a mental health therapist. Um, and that is, I've really transitioned there because I, I've seen the need for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, so I'm the therapist. Ashley's a postpartum doula. We've got um, an awesome birth doula on our team. We do um, childbirth education classes, mm -hmm. baby basics classes, and yeah, that's it. And you are a home birth mama. Yes, I am. BBG you all day. Baby. Yes. <laughs> She's a, Fletcher's a whole YouTube uh, sensation. Oh, he is. <laughs> he is. So let's get into this conversation because, you know, talking about therapy is so, it, I think it's still like taboo there, right? Like mm -hmm. it's hard to talk about needing help to get your mind right. Yeah. And so how do we, how do we just break that ice and allow moms to know that it's okay to even just accept and acknowledge the need for therapy? Yeah. Well, I think it's what we're doing here. One, mm -hmm. you know. Spreading awareness, breaking stigmas, mm -hmm. uh, letting folks know that there are people in the community that um, they can identify with, um, that there are resources right there where they are. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're needing help getting connected um, in maybe areas that aren't nearby or uh, to appropriate levels of care, that it's here <laughs> and it's readily available. There's affordable care out here. Mm -hmm. um, there's virtual care out here. Mm -hmm. There are things that are so convenient to meet every mama, every parent where they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think also, too, like normalizing therapy, that it is not just for, you know, somebody who's really sick or really struggling, that it, it's helpful for everybody. Yeah. And yeah. so you are, you're going through a huge transition in your life, a huge identity change. Um, so whether or not you have, you know, a diagnosis of postpartum depression or anxiety, you still would benefit from therapy and having a place to reflect and and process mm -hmm. you know everything that's happening to you and to your family yeah how would a mom know that she's suffering or dealing with depression 
versus anxiety? Like, what's the difference between the two, Hannah? Postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety can look very similar in some ways, okay. um, but there are other ways that they're very different. And so with anxiety, you would have somebody who is constantly worrying. I hear a lot, like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, something mm. bad is gonna happen. Um, and that can lead to a lot of like physical symptoms, like not sleeping well, um, nausea, mm -hmm. upset stomach, um, that kind of thing. And a lot of just constant worry, maybe trying to control things, mm. trying to control maybe baby's schedule or you know what's gonna happen in the day or something like that to try to ease that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And for postpartum depression, that is more um, like a, a sadness that doesn't go away, but also, maybe not just sadness, but anger and irritability. Mm. And I think that's something that people may not fully understand either. That's so. a good point. Yeah, It doesn't always have to manifest as like sadness. I'm crying all the time. It can be I'm really, really upset and right. unhappy. Yeah. yeah. Agitated, irritated. irritated. Mm. Yeah. A lot of like the mom rage. It's right. interesting to me how, you know, people don't know about like mom rage, but they'll say, Rage, like that's the word that comes where I'm just like, I, I just have like rage. Mm. And yeah, that's a really common, a common um, thing that mom moms rage. express. Mm -hmm. I got mom rage. Okay, how would you describe it, Crystal? Describe postpartum depression. Versus anxiety. Yeah, and so postpartum depression, obviously marked by that low mood. Um, much like Hannah said, um, you do see sadness, those tearful spells. Mm -hmm. um, there might also be difficulties with concentrating um, or maintaining focus. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. one of the key things that we really want to make sure that we're jumping in and providing services for is if we're having those thoughts or urges of self-harm yes, or thoughts of harm to baby or someone mm -hmm. else in your life. Um, and so that's a really huge indicator that something may be going on. Um, with anxiety, I like to tell clients that it's sort of that uh, – overestimation of a threat, right? Like we're experiencing something in this moment that might be stressful, but if we were to ask someone else, you know, how might they deal with it? They might say that I deal with it without uh, this intense level of anxiousness or overwhelm. And yeah. so really being mindful that uh, irrational thoughts, cognitive distortions, things like worst case scenarios Got or it. things like, oh, you know, my baby didn't sleep last night. They're never going to sleep. So making these very generalized statements can obviously affect anxiety as well. Um, so just being mindful of those signs and symptoms. I think another huge thing also is just uh, making sure that we're aware that perinatal uh, mood and anxiety disorders is an umbrella. And so yeah. postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety uh, is a part of a cluster of disorders. Mm. Um, so there are others as well. And so we really appreciate the fact that this awareness and education is here um, so that these signs and symptoms of a number of these disorders can be recognized mm. um, because predominantly what we see is postpartum depression being diagnosed when there may be other things at play Got it. like anxiety, PTSD, OCD, bipolar. You know, my first, my own personal experience with postpartum something, right? Mm -hmm. I had just given birth to, I think, Savannah, my youngest daughter. And I was at home and literally thought that I was about to die. Mm -hmm. Like my heart, mm -hmm. I could hear it pounding. Mm -hmm. It slowed down. It felt like I was 50 beats an hour or something. 
And I was like trying to catch my breath. And I was in my bedroom and I told my husband at the time, like, I think something's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. My heart feels like it's going to stop. And I actually went to the emergency room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to the emergency room. My mom came to watch the baby. He took me in. And that was a joke mm-hmm. because they're like, okay, you got to sit there and wait. Yeah. But you guys, it was so scary because mm-hmm. when I went back to the exam room or whatever, and they're looking at me like, what are you doing? What's wrong mm-hmm. with you? You know, because nothing physically is wrong. But the lady that was taking care of me was like, well, this is what this looks like. If you stay here. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in a room by yourself without any this, that, or the third. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a whole situation where I felt like I rushed my ass out of there. I was like, I well, I don't want there. that. Mm-hmm. Let me take my whatever I got home and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I was going to be, like, ch- teleported to Mars or something. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't want any of that. What Like, so what does the treatment look like? Because that's another barrier, I think for reaching out for for like help it's like i don't want to be uh red flagged right i don't want people getting called on me you know because i'm having thoughts or feelings or i'm having this mental issue happening right now yep yeah what you're describing sounds to me like a panic attack mm-hmm. um and i think it's important just to say that right because right. i think a lot of people do experience that um, and they don't know what it is, mm-hmm. and it is very scary, especially if it's your first one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it can be scary to to admit or to put out there that you're feeling that, or, you know, for other things like, um, you know, I'm having this thought, I just want to leave, I just want to disappear, I want to mm-hmm. run away, mm-hmm. right? Um, like all of these these experiences are scary to put out there because you don't know how people are going to take that. Right. Um, and, yeah, and, and if you're going to get the treatment that is actually supportive and, and helpful. That part. Yeah. 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 I'd say to that point that uh, treatment can vary uh, depending on the client. And so, I mean, if it's a client that um, does need just therapeutic care, that one-to-one safe space to mm-hmm. process, get uh, skills and techniques to cope, then that's where they're at. But sometimes it is helpful for medication to also be a part of the plan. Oh, girl, they don't want to hear that. Yeah, I know. And it can be scary, right? (laughs) It can be scary. Mm -hmm. And so there's no judgment in identifying, much like Hannah said, just normalizing the fact that this is something that's going to get us on the other side, right? Feeling safe, feeling healthy. And so treatment plans can vary. But to your point of, what is what is gonna happen after mm-hmm. <laughs> after I disclose this information to somebody? Mm-hmm. It is not the the force course of action should never be I'm gonna take away your baby or lock you away because yeah. you're having a mental health crisis or an episode or you mm-hmm. have symptoms. Mm-hmm. That is not typically what happens at all. It's more so coming in with supportive resources, therapeutic care, possibly medication possibly a combination of the two and in some cases yes if you're harm to self or harm to others right um that is something that does occur maybe you do need a few nights by yourself just to take a break um but taking away your sweet baby or locking you away is not the first course of action at all and typically very rarely happens Mm -hmm. um especially if there's 
no indication of harm to self or others. So how common is postpartum depression, like mental health, perinatal mental health disorders? Like how common? Perinatal mental health disorders affect approximately 15 to 20 percent of the population, hmm. um, which is actually quite a bit, really. Correct. Um, postpartum depression is the number one pregnancy-related complication experienced by women. Hmm. And that's only the ones we know of, and right? And that's only the ones we know of, yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah. A really good point. That's, again, why this is so important, this awareness and education um, that you're spreading and that Hannah and I do in the community. Um because there are barriers to these screening tools that are used at six-week postpartum visits, for example. Either the education may not be there um, for providers or um, staff in terms of what to do when you have this information, so a score that might be high, mm -hmm. right? What do I do after I see that someone has right. scored a 16, mm -hmm. right? Or how do I score this in general? Does it get filed away? And then on the patient's end, again, it's that fear. What if I disclose this information and something bad happens? Mm -hmm. um, and so all of the education um, that we're putting out here is definitely helpful. And also knowing that there are folks in the community, Hannah, myself, organizations that can come in and do trainings with staff mm. so that folks know what to do in the event if you do get a mama or a parent, because dads also experience and partners experience postpartum as well. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. So you all have a load. So sometimes some therapists are closed. They don't have you know, they're not accepting new clients. I think that's a common issue, mm -hmm. right? There, I don't know if there's a lot of therapists out there that are available for the need, like can meet the need, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how does, how would a mom, like, what would be the first step for a mom? Let's say her and her provider decided, okay, you probably need to see someone. Like what's step number one? Yeah, I mean, step number one can look a multitude of different ways, mm -hmm. right? It could be if that provider is uh, has the awareness and education on what available resources are in the community. Right. It could be a referral, something as simple as reaching out. Um, it could be um, given that patient, which is sometimes not always the best thing to do, um, giving that patient a list of referrals. Sometimes, again, just she might making... might not even look at it. I know, right. just make the she call for them. Like, yeah, I got feelings about speak. that. Yeah, just make the appointment for the patient or the client. Right. Um, that way, again, it's one less stressor that they're having to do on their own. Um, and then, obviously, there are um, other ways in which they can uh, reach out that can look like... Um, going down to your local um, mental health clinics, right? It can look like reaching out to local churches that sometimes have support groups available. It can be mm -hmm. virtual support groups. There's this organization called Postpartum Support International. Yes. Like our I hub. Gonna, yeah. yeah. It's our hub. That's yes. step one to yeah. me. That's is, step one yeah. for you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because they deal, tell us why. Yeah. So, I mean, first, let's just acknowledge that having a six-week postpartum visit, a singular postpartum visit, is is a very broken approach yeah, to caring for mothers. Ineffective. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're having feelings of, you know, sadness or anxiety that are lasting more than two weeks 
postpartum, which is when it peaks, which is when it peaks, and and kind of the the transition from baby blues to postpartum depression, mm -hmm. right? So if it's lasting more than that two weeks, then that is a red flag that somebody needs to help this mom get connected to a resource. Right. Two weeks to the six week postpartum visit. That's four weeks of suffering that does not need that to happen. Um, and so a lot of times like you know you can, the a mom can call her OB or midwife if that's somebody that she feels safe and comfortable with mm -hmm. um a lot of times they don't want to call their OB because if they had a traumatic birth or something like that, that then is true. they don't want to reach out to their doctor. They don't even want to go to a six-week appointment. That's very true. And so then they end up getting more isolated. Mm. Um, and so I think really, you know, bringing, like talking about this so that moms, sisters, partners, everybody can, can know, okay, you know, we need to be watching um, for, you know, these signs is really important. That's a really good point that you made because a lot of, times the episodes stem from the birth experience right 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 so if i had a traumatic birth experience i'm not going to call exactly the people that help contribute it to this mm -hmm. experience right yeah. and so that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. so outside of birth trauma like what are the other risk factors um that could increase the risk for a mom to experience like depression after having a baby other risk factors for perinatal mental health mm -hmm. disorders are um, just a, a history of depression or anxiety, um, any kind of stressors in, the, in their life, so relational stress, financial stress, mm -hmm. um, maybe a, a pregnancy that was not intended. Okay. Um, what else, Crystal? Uh, there could be things like major life transitions, a mm -hmm. job loss, um, mm -hmm. maybe a big move that has happened. Common. Um, so yes. common. Yeah. So common. Other things like, um, surprisingly, your thyroid being off can mm. <laughs> can affect your mood. And so it is quite important. I've actually had firsthand experience to clients getting their thyroid levels checked and definitely getting on some medication like Synthroid and seeing an increase in a positive mood. Um, but yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. th those are some of the major life stressors. So if you have a mom who already has anxiety and depression, she needs to probably begin therapy before this baby arrives. Yes. Yeah. I thought of another one. Yes. I think one that, that I see a lot in my practice is fa uh, a history of trauma mm -hmm. or any kind of like family dynamics that have not been worked through. Mm. So That's when you... Yes. <laughs> yes. So so when you become a mom, mm -hmm. that lights up your attachment history. Mm -hmm. And wow. so if you have a childhood where maybe there was, you know, trauma, neglect, you know, distress, right? And you have you, this baby now, I see a lot of people who struggle with reckoning with their own childhood experience now that they are seeing their innocent baby and the strong desire to not Be repeat the, the cycle. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that can cause a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, um, and a lot of just kind of forced reckoning with maybe, you know, things that happened in the past that they thought maybe had been packed away or, mm. you know, that they weren't really expecting to come up. Can we talk about expectations? Yeah. And how that links to like postpartum depression because mm -hmm. a lot of moms are having babies and there's so many other expectations placed on them for their own personal 
mothering, parenting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from when the baby's out the womb from the first second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, there's so much, you know, oh, you know, generational yeah. stuff and yeah. opinions mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are societal expectations, like you said, generational. Yes. There are internal conflicts that come about. There are gender roles that we sometimes fall into. Um, and mm-hmm. what we mainly see, or at least I see in my practice, is um, this idea that uh, I have to know how to do this thing called motherhood because this baby came from me. Listen. And yeah. yeah. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it no, can. We don't it, have an answer. Yeah, no wonder. Yeah, right. it, it it can be it can be hard, and sometimes hearing that for the first time is sort of insightful and illuminating for a mom. That oh wait, there's another mom across from me saying that this is hard. Okay, it's okay for me to say that, and mm. so um, I think a huge thing, at least that I practice within my private practice, is teaching self compassion. Mm in the presence and also the act of duality. And so the mm-hmm. idea that two things can be true here, mm-hmm. that like, I love my sweet baby and they're so adorable. And also this shit is hard, yes. you know? Absolutely. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong, that you're failing, that you wish you could make this all go away, but maybe I need help. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to, again, give myself some grace when it comes to doing the day-to-day. Maybe I need to set more boundaries and, like, I love tug that. on my partner a little bit more to step in that and help out. That has been the word of my 40th year. Boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad you're both here because mm-hmm. I did this on purpose. Because I wanted to really get a perspective from a cultural standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes... Black women, mm-hmm. I'll say all the time, probably, we want someone who relates to us yes. and our lives. Mm-hmm. And because our lives look different from white women, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Can you both share, like, uniquely what each pot, what each, you know, group of women experiences that might be different mm-hmm. and why it's important to be able to have a therapist that you relate to and you can connect to? You can go first. Okay. Um, Well, great, great question. Um, I will tell you that in my consultations, that is what I hear the most is it's like digging through a haystack to find a black perinatal therapist. Yes. And so I think that's number one. I think the other thing, too, is that the need is clearly out there, but folks want for there to be someone who looks like them and who can identify with I mean, truthfully, the medical system that isn't by research Mm -hmm. on our side Mm -hmm. when it comes to um, maternal health Mm -hmm. um, and infant health. And so um, I think one of the main things that um, I I have seen is making sure that um, folks know that, one, you're not alone, but two, also that um, the barriers that exist within the, the healthcare system um, that your voice, it, it matters, and that it's important that you have that advocacy behind you, be it the support of your birth team. Mm-hmm. Your therapist is a part of that birth team. Can we say that again? Yes. The th- therapist is a part of the birth team, okay? Yes. yes. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but that, I'll tell you, the the medical side of receiving care throughout the pregnancy, not being heard, maybe being brushed off in um, medical visits um, is, 
probably the number one thing that mm-hmm. I hear that leads to anxiety as it relates to moving throughout or navigating pregnancy mm-hmm. um, and contributes obviously to postpartum pregnancy related anxiety um, because that fear is there. Yeah, <laughs> it, It's there and obviously affects you medically, but mentally as well. What do you think, Hannah? What is, what do you see different in your care? Like as it contrasts to care with like a black therapist with black women mm-hmm. versus issues that white women are having that we might not be re- be able to relate to. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like what are the yeah. differences there? Because th- I wanted to bring that up because some people may not understand that. Yeah. That it's hard for sometimes a black woman to come to a white therapist and yeah. be like, oh, I need you to understand everything going on in yeah. my house when our households and way of life could be different. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So can you speak a little bit about how Im- the importance of representation in the space? Yeah. Representation is, is critical. Mm-hmm. It's critical. And I'm, I love, Crystal, that you are in this space mm-hmm. um, and you are you are so critical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it is it's really important for me to be able to recognize and see that I I can listen to your experience, but I cannot fully understand it. Mm. Um, and, you know, creating space for that and recognizing, sure. too, that I may not be the best person for, you know, sure. for some a black woman who is experiencing um, anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's really important. I think that's important because uh, we all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I right. mean? It just maybe looks different yeah. or different perspectives um, on what we're experiencing. But as women, we are all experiencing the same mm-hmm. type of issues when it comes to perinatal health. Yeah, right. no, it knows no no person, bounds, no color. color you know what I mean? Yeah. But the expression of it could be right. different. Mm-hmm. The or, the origins of it could be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the culture, the the system in which it's playing out is different. Yes, and that is really important to understand and to be able to look at the whole the whole picture right like you said a a white woman going into a hospital to have a baby is going to be very different and and feel very different than a black woman going into a hospital for for delivery that's Um, good yeah 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 i'll I'll tell you just transparently i've had um a family member disclose and i know they would not mind me sharing this information um is that they sometimes feel like they have to Um, come with their representative into a doctor's appointment as opposed to just being a patient. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of hard to hear. You know, you have to lead with maybe your profession or you have to lead with... I've heard that before. In order to... I had a client that mm -hmm. said, I have my Harvard shirt on when I have to go in with my seven children, you know, into this medical space. Because of that, what you just said, I have to represent something else so that I'm treated a certain way. Yeah. That is fucked yeah. up. I don't like that. Yeah. 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 Wow. So talk to us about when one when a woman needs like emergent care. Mm-hmm. What are those resources looking like? If she's like really in a dark space and needs care right yeah. now, like what what happens? Well, right now we need to go to the hospital or call nine one one, go okay. to your local emergency room. Yeah. And that is when you utilize that resource. Yeah. 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 I don't think like for other things like we're talking about postpartum depression, sure. anxiety, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know the, the hospital is going to be a scary place. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That, to, that Can compound that 
Yeah. For an emergency, then yes, that is a hospital visit. And so there is. So uh, what does an emergency look like, Crystal? Yeah, I mean, uh, an emergency looks like disclosing um, that you to someone else or having an urge within yourself to self-harm or to harm your little. And so Mm -hmm. what we tend to look at is like, is there motivation? So um, do I really want to do this? Do I get uh, pleasure from the idea of doing Mm -hmm. this? And do I have a plan? I'll be transparent and say within my practice, I've had clients who have said like, again, I see a lot of grief and loss who've said, uh, you know, I uh, obviously yearn for my baby who is no longer here and um, I wish I could be with them. To someone else, that might sound like I want to harm myself. But to me, that is not what that sounds like. That sounds like a mom who is grieving um, and obviously has these symptoms that also um, are marked by postpartum depression. And so completely different field from I miss my baby, I have these strong urges, and we have a gun safe, and I have like thought about that gun safe so many times today. Mm. That's completely different. That's an emergency situation where we probably should go ahead and just acknowledge that this is a crisis, and either the therapist can contact um, appropriate mm-hmm. services, be it um, if there's a safety plan in place, which we typically put safety plans in place, um, at least I do for all clients that I see. Um, and so that could look like if there's an immediate support in the home, going ahead and getting them to dial 911, myself dialing 911 and just explaining what's happening. Um, if that person is able to drive to their local emergency room, then that occurring. Um, and then outside of obviously someone else being involved, there's the National Suicide Hotline, 988, right now that folks can utilize. Um, missing anything? That's it, yeah. yeah. I, um, postpartum psychosis is, is one thing that we haven't talked about yet, and yeah. that is approximately 1% mm-hmm. of mm. the population. So it's a very small number, um, but because of news headlines and you know mm-hmm. stories that we hear, I think it's a big fear of a lot of, a lot of women. Um, and yeah, so that um, to me, like if, if they start, if, if somebody's showing signs of psychosis, um, hearing voices, mm-hmm. delusions, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, that is, is another thing to, mm-hmm. to look out for and respond to immediately. That is an emergency situation. So in closing, mm-hmm. can you give any advice to women who are suffering silently? Mm-hmm at home with a new baby or even pregnant, what should she do like right now in this moment? Yeah, well, Postpartum Support International (laughs) is a great resource. Um, And that website is Mm -hmm. postpartum.net. You can go there. It's literally a hub to locate um, on a directory, any provider that might be in your area, you can filter down for insurance for specific issues that might be going on in your life. So you can find a therapist in um, your state. You can yes. find a therapist immediately. The other thing is, if that is difficult to do, Postpartum Support has partnered with the government to create um, a maternal mental health national hotline. This is not a crisis hotline. You do not call them if you're in a crisis or an emergency. Okay. But it is open 24-7 for you to reach out to um, a um, a trained clinician to receive resources and access to maternal mental health immediately. Mm-hmm. They will. You can text them. You can call them. That number is one eight three three 
TLC Mama. And so, so girl, you good can, job. <laughs> I, know, I was like, wait, um, but you, you can reach out to them by text or by phone and they will immediately get you a list or make that appointment. Uh, they, they will figure out how before they get off the phone to get you connected with a provider. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. They also have a directory of support groups. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of virtual support groups, some in-person support groups um, of all t- kinds of topics. So um, that's a great resource. I would um, recommend, you know, considering things like hiring a doula, a postpartum doula um, helps ease some of that um, postpartum anxiety and depression. Yes. Um, Reaching out to a family member. um, And yeah, I think just to like recognizing that you are not the only person going through this. Um, And it's, you know, this is a, a developmental phase of our life. And it is one that we have to navigate. And, mm-hmm. and doing that alone is not something that you have to do. Mm, not at all. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you. For thank you. Me. This was good. Yeah. Okay. One thing I did forget to say is that there is confusion when you say postpartum. Okay. Right? I think a lot of people think the postpartum means postpartum depression. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Postpartum is the phase after you have a baby. Yes. Right? But not necessarily depression. Right. right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So there's a there's some gray area there as far as the definition between, you know. Yeah. People will be like, I'm struggling with postpartum. Right. Or I'm yeah. postpartum. And it's like, yeah. what's wrong? You know, yeah. and it's like, those <laughs> are the Postpartum is a things. period. It's postpartum is a period. Right. Yes. I'm uh-huh. going to say postpartum is... Forever. Yeah. Hello. Uh-huh. That's up for the debate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not on the uh-huh. six week and you're yeah. in. No. That's it. No. Yes. It's a it whole a situation. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. those are two different things just yes. to make that very clear. But yeah, thank you, ladies. Anything else you want to add about your businesses and how people can reach you? And Yeah. I mean, Southeast Perinatal Counseling. Um, birthstory.therapist on Instagram. Okay. Um, and I think the other thing that I'll say before I mm-hmm. let Hannah go is uh, you'll find that working in um, or with a therapist within this field, you'll hear that a lot of us have been where you are. Mm. And so that's a beautiful thing to know is that right. it's not just, you know, you are not by yourself, but like, no, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so just know that. Beautiful. And have been on the other side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Where yeah. can they find you, Hannah? <laughs> you can find me at thesupportedmama.com, thesupportedmama on Instagram. Um, yeah, you can always reach out. I love, I, I will never take a referral and not connect, mm-hmm. not do anything with that. Mm-hmm. So if somebody reaches out to me, I will always connect them to a therapist. If I'm full or, you know, if, if I'm not a good fit, I will find somebody who is. Um, so, and you're yeah. based in Peachtree City. Based in Peachtree City, I serve all of Georgia and all of Florida. So telehealth. Go ahead. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. you're in Noonan, but well, yeah, we we recently moved. Okay. Yes, yes. But I serve all of Georgia and all of South Carolina. Virtually. But we represent the South yes. Side. Okay, so yeah. that's it. South, South Side, honey, <laughs> get your birth yes. team together. <laughs> yes. So a therapist is part of your birth team. Yes. Up to twenty percent of women are experiencing some perinatal mood disorder. So it's not some un- uncommon thing happening, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there are resources out here for you if you are indeed in need of some perinatal mental health therapy, okay? It's not a 
taboo. It's not something that's going to label you as being anything else outside of a mom who needs some support. So you deserve that and you need to make sure you are tapping in to the services available. Okay. This is the motherhood and mental health segment with Crystal Jerome and Hannah Murphy. Thanks for watching, like, and subscribe, and follow, and all the things, okay? All right, see you next time.